up, everyone? This is Luke Munger from Dogman.com. I'm joined by Jack McCauley. Uh, and it's March. We're ready to talk about March Madness hoops, although the Washington Huskies are not going to be in the NCAA tournament. thought it would be fun for uh, Jack and I to do a little a little two-person tango here and talk about the big dance. Jack, how are you doing? This Good. Weekend? A little dogmanatology. Dog dogmanatology. I love it. May I have to call it that? Yeah, I mean, the NCAA tournament is, it, it's personally, it's my favorite time of year. You know, was gearing up this week before finals week, watching a little bit of mid-major college basketball. Couldn't miss out on Peter Kist. Maybe a little bit of Leaky Black, you know, from UNC. Oh, I, I mean, it's just my favorite time of year. So, you know, I think it'd just be fun to do a little bracket podcast, give some insight, that sort of thing. Help you win your work bracket and bring home some, bring home a little bit of cash money. Yeah. I kind of plan on kind of cherry picking from you a little bit here, Jack, as I, while we do this, we'll be filling out a lot of my work bracket as well. Uh, but sweet. So yeah, March madness, we've got field to 68 begins on Tuesday, two planned games, Tuesday, two planned games, Wednesday, and then Thursday, the 64 team tournament begins. Um, so yeah, Jack and I will be going East Midwest, or excuse me, we're going to go west, south, east, midwest to finish this. Go matchup by matchup. Uh, try to have a few points here. Jack, thinking out loud here, do you want to finish out each round first? Do round of 64, then 32, then 16? Or do you want to finish out the west and then move on to the south? Let's just go region by region while thoughts are fresh and stuff like that. Sounds good. Awesome. So we'll start in the west, uh, starting in-state – We've got a Gonzaga Georgia State 16-1 matchup. Jack, tell me a little bit about this this one right here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're kind of looking at Gonzaga as a whole, you know, been the number one team for majority of the year, uh, returned a lot of pieces. Um, you know, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren are really the anchors there, alongside Julian Strother. Um, Andrew Nemhard is a good, valuable point guard, but I think their X factor right now is your Bolton. I mm think -hmm. uh, if Gonzaga is to you know obviously it's 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 national title or bust for for the Zags at this point right now mm -hmm. they don't win a national title um, it's probably seen as a failure um, but they do have a difficult side of the bracket you know just kind of looking at the at the West as a whole um, you know real quick stepping back you know Gonzaga you know they got a they got a tough matchup in the you know in the eight nine game as well with Boise State Memphis Boise State's head coach actually is Mark Few's best friend former assistant. Um, so, you know, Boise State, you know, if, they, if they're able to get past Memphis right there, you know, that's a tough challenge for Gonzaga with a coach that knows your system right there, has some talent. Then, you know, kind of moving down the West right now, you know, UConn, New Mexico State, um, that's a good 5-12 game. Arkansas, solid four team, been hot lately. Alabama, you know, beat Gonzaga earlier on. They're a streaky six, you know, uh, the winner of the Rutgers Notre game is going to be no ta easy task for Alabama either. And then Texas Tech, Michigan State, Davidson, Duke, uh, just some of the other names out there in the Midwest. But as far as the Gonzaga-Georgia State game goes, you know, obviously you can't bet on a 16 seed winning a winning against a one seed. You know, it's only happened one time before. But I do think Georgia State is going to give – it's not going to be a blow, I don't think. Georgia State's a they – play, they play solid. Their style of play, uh, they play a good defensive team. They're a good defensive team. So, you know, if they're able to keep um, Gonzaga – off three-point line, you know, maybe they'll have a shot, but obviously that, you know, nothing much. Sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for the explanation there. Uh, so Gonzaga, like you said, 
not going to be the second team in the history of basketball to lose a 16-1 matchup. Moving down the bracket, we've got Memphis and Boise State. Boise State, another team local to the area. Memphis, kind of an underrated nine seed, 22 BPI, three and one against ranked teams. Jack, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, Memphis has the B, their BPI a lot higher. I, however, am a little low on Memphis. They are one of the heaviest. They turn the ball over quite a bit. And in the NCAA tournament, that is a kryptonite for almost every team. If you turn the ball over, um, it's it, it can prove – can prove it can prove big dividends for them. Um, and in Boise State, they match up very well against them. They're athletic, they're, they're strong, they slow you down, and they play hard on defense, forcing the ball, you know, forcing the turn, forcing turnovers on the ball. Um, I like Boise State winning this game. Memphis, very hot, you know, it's an eight mat nine matchup, so you know, basically a flip of the coin. But Memphis has a lot of young players. Jaden Duran's a freshman for them, he's their leading scorer and best overall player. And I you just see it year in after year. It's really hard for freshmen, especially young guys that are leading a team to carry a team through an NCAA tournament. You know, they can get hot, but I think, you know, the state's a little more experienced, plays in a tougher conference in the Mountain West, a four-bid league this year. I think Boise State's going to be able to get this game against Memphis, although I think it's going to be really close. And it's kind of a who's who, head, you know, head tails. If Memphis is able to go on a run, you know, you can't be surprised that they win. But right now I'd have I'd have Boise State winning that game. Awesome. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. One thing that stands out, looking at Ken Palm, Boise State, as you mentioned, a great defensive team, adjusted defense ranking on Ken Palm of 17th in the country. Another thing is they are a slow tempo team. Memphis is really fast. They're 34th in tempo in the country, whereas Boise State is 307th. You think about a team that turns the ball over a little bit like Memphis, if Boise State plays good defense, forces turnovers, and slows the game down a lot, I'd find it hard for Memphis to ever get in a rhythm offensively. So I like that one. Moving down, 5-12 matchup, like you mentioned, New Mexico State and the UConn Huskies. At least we have a Husky team in the tournament. Uh, Jack, how do you see this 5-12 uh, matchup going down? Yeah, this is going to be one of the most physical matchups in the round of 68 right here. Both teams play extremely hard, rebound the ball well, um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be an intense game for sure, and I think it's gonna be first to fifty gets takes you know gets wins the checkered flag there they get they get the win. Um, but ultimately, when you look at a team like UConn, um, Adam Sonogo is just one heck of a presence on the glass. He averages about nine points a game, and I think RJ Cole he's the leading scorer for the other Huskies. Um, he'll give you to fifteen to seventeen a night. I think ultimately they're. I think if you, you know, a lot of 5-12s like to happen. I don't particularly see this 5-12 matchup happening. You know, UConn's been banging around in the big, big, uh, or the Big East all season. I really like UConn to win this game, although I think it's going to be extremely physical. But, you know, 5-12 games, you know, those are where the, the madness happens. But uh, I like UConn in this particular matchup. Good stuff. Now moving on down, we've got Arkansas. Uh, I've got a fun story about Arkansas hoops in a little bit, but also they're going to be taking on Vermont. Jack, what do you see in this one? Tell me, tell me about this 14-3 matchup. All right, you do not want to mess around with the Vermont. I'll tell you that. They are extremely well coached, um, making the first time in the big, big dance for a little bit. And they play real hard, and they like to. They are really good at controlling the game. Kind of like Colgate last year against Arkansas. They play a very similar style of basketball um, to Colgate, who Arkansas had fits with last year. But with that being said, I think JD Note um, is he's he's I think he's the best. I think he's one of the best guards, if not the best guard, in the SEC. 
and Jalen Williams is extremely tough. If Williams is in foul trouble, then you know they that could that that could be some trouble. That could spell trouble for Arkansas. But I think the must bus is a little too hot right now. I think the must bus gets their paves their way into round two for probably one of the most animated matchups in all of college basketball. You're gonna need cameras on each of them, Dan Hurley and Eric Musselman. Both those guys are gonna be jumping around, maybe saying a couple words at each other. Uh, but yeah, like I like Arkansas squeaking out a victory against uh, Vermont. Maybe a little slow start, but I think the Hogs take it. Awesome. So my little basketball story here for Arkansas is there's an SEC film about it, um, but it's about Arkansas basketball. Um, and they call it uh, – it's called 94 Feet of Hell. Have you heard of it? Uh-uh. But it was basically – so Coach uh, Nolan Richardson, I believe was his name. Yeah, Nolan Richardson, yeah. head coach of Arkansas in like the 80s and 90s. He coached this brand of basketball that he called 94 Feet of Hell. And it was just like ridiculous, full court press, like fast break offense, like 100 plus possessions a game type stuff. So my dad growing up when he would drop me off at basketball games would say, Luke from Utenet, I want to see 94 Feet of L." For Luke, how do you like that? <laughs> that that is a good story. Yeah, I, I, I've seen ninety four feet of L on the uh, intramural basketball court, so I get a, your dad. I can see your dad training you well for sure. Yeah, you know you got to crash the offensive glass every once in a while. All right, exactly. sweet. So uh, yeah, like you said, animated matchup waiting yeah. in the round of thirty two, but continuing <laughs> down Alabama in the playing game of Rutgers and Notre Dame, uh, Jack. What do you know about these teams? Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what you think about this one too, Luke. Um, Alabama, um, they are undoubtedly the streakiest team in college basketball. I, I'm going to say it right now. They're either going to lose this round or they're going to make it to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. You know, they are the weirdest team in all of college basketball. Um, Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly are a great backcourt duo, but it's like they are the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde. It's kind of like, all right, what do you do with them? But Rutgers, they're not playing in the rack. If they're playing in the rack, I take Rutgers by 100. I think Rutgers goes out and beats Notre Dame um, Tuesday night in Dayton, Ohio. Um, but I think even if Notre Dame wins, um, we're recording this Monday too, I think even if Notre Dame wins, I think the winner of that game takes Alabama. I just think you know they're too Jekyll and Hyde. But with that being said, if they win this game, you better have them going far because once they're hot, they're hot. You know They beat Gonzaga. They've they've beat a number of good teams, um, but I think ultimately they've, they've just been a little slow lately. Um, and I I like Rutgers taking out specifically Rutgers. I think Rutgers is beating Notre Dame, and then they're beating Alabama. I like Rutgers um, winning that game. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Jack. You know, I agree. I kind of like the uh, once you're hot, you're hot. If you play in that round of sixty eight game, um, like a play in game but you're feasibly a strong team that's played power conference basketball or at least high level basketball. I feel like you have a chance to carry some momentum into the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I like that as well, I guess. So I agree. Alabama goes down, uh, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to go ahead and submit a little Notre Dame rather than Rutgers. Okay. I mean, if Rutgers, if Rutgers wins, Rutgers is kind of like an Alabama team. Once they have momentum, you know, yeah. they're going to, they're going to, they're going to win. And I think that first four game really helps a team like Rutgers out kind of like UCLA last year. If there's going to, there's two good 11 seeds in this playing game, Indiana and Rutgers. I like them both a lot. 
I think Ron Harper Jr., though, is going to be a little too much for Alabama. I don't know who's going to guard them. Charles Bediakado is a great big, um, and he matches up size-wise with um, – size-wise with um, Ron Harper Jr., but he's not as quick as him. And I think that ultimately gets him in foul trouble. We're going to have to rely too much on Shackelford and Quinterly. And I think they start forcing some shots. You know, they've been – sometimes they'll just jack some random shots up from the logo, you know. So I, I think ultimately that play doesn't succeed in March Madness. I think ultimately Ron uh, Rutgers advances on. Got it. Yeah. So we'll move on to the next one. The next Raekwon battle, so to speak. We've got Texas Tech taking on Montana State. Uh, led by, or maybe not led by, but part of the rotation is Raekwon Battle, who had a, who had a game-winning three-pointer late in the season for the Bobcats. Uh, Jack, what do you see in this one, this former Husky? Uh, yeah, so Chris Beard now at Texas is not at Texas Tech anymore. I think that's kind of one of the more obvious notes. But Texas Tech is, they loaded up on a bunch of different transfers defensively. It's going to be a first-to-50 game again. Um I, I think Texas Tech, though, I think I think Texas Tech is too greedy defensively for a Montana State team. Um, you know, this is the kind of team, well, an experienced team. You know, you talk about the portal when we talk about experience. You're, you you got to be an experienced team to do well, and I think Texas Tech has all these right pieces to make a good run in the NCAA tournament. I think Texas Tech wins this game um, without a problem, really, against – uh, with without Montana State. I think Montana State's a great team. You know, they did an exceptional job in the big sky this year. But I think Texas Tech, you know, you look at guys like Kevin O'Banner, you might remember him from last year's March Madness tournament or out of Oral Roberts. He's been a big impact guy. You know, Bryce Williamson, uh, a guy from UTEP. They have a lot of great bigs. I don't think Montana State has a physicality to match up with them. Got it. I would agree with that. Now moving down to the next one. If you follow John Rothstein on Twitter, yep. he'll sometimes tweet January, February, Izzo, April. So we've got uh, Tom Izzo in the Michigan State Spartans taking on Davidson, a team that hasn't won a tournament game since Stephen Curry was whapping 30-footers for them. Uh, so who you got in this one? Yeah, this is a really interesting matchup, you know. Not, not not only, you know, you look at Michigan State and then right below Duke, so it's like, all right, if they win, they you know, you get you get Duke. Davidson is a tr- really trendy upset pick right now. You know, Michigan State, they got Max Christie. Um, they got a fantastic big in Marcus Bingley who's really long and stretches the floor. But you look at Davidson, they have a bunch of different pieces. They got four guys averaging over 10 points. Ho Young Lee out of South Car- or South Korea, not South Carolina. Um <laughs> is is a great piece but i think the biggest storyline from the game is foster lawyer he is one of the best three-point shooters he made he only made 42 threes in his time at michigan state and he made 70 over 75 already at davidson just this year great three-point shooter and he played at michigan state before going to davidson it's a great storyline but i think people are you know i think tom Izzo is just such an exceptional coach and i don't think you want to give this guy time to prepare he doesn't lose often early so i like the spartans I like the Spartans taking this one. Uh, I think it's a trendy pick, though, to see Davidson win. They got a lot of great pieces. But, you know, having a guy, Foster Lawyer, Tom Izzo coach him. He's going to know how to game plan against him. You see, you saw him every day in practice for a couple yeah. years. So I think that ultimately is what, um, you know, your best player, you know, got coach. It's an easy scout. Um, I like Michigan State winning that. And I think moving right along, um, I you know, 215 team, I don't see Duke losing against the 15th seed, uh, Cal State Fullerton. Um I, I think we can head, you know, we can head to that Michigan State Duke matchup in the in the round of thirty two there. I guess Luke, you know, do you think Tom Izzo could pull a surprise like he did a couple years ago when uh, they beat Zion Williamson and the Blue Devils? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think 
I don't know if I'm just like riding the coattails of a feel good story, but I also, I don't know, unashamedly grew up. I mean, obviously I'm a Husky basketball and Husky football fan through and through a a team that I would like to root for in the tournament is the Duke blue devils. I hate Christian Leitner stuff like that is like, yeah. How do you not love that stuff? Right? Like it's a great basketball program and culture. I'd love to see coach K make a deep run in the tournament. So if for no other reason than my heart, I personally think coach K is going to get his guys going at least into the sweet 16. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Duke, you know, obviously I think, I think they run, they run on Paulo Bancaro. You know, they go with him and they go with AJ Griffin. Mark Williams is a great big Marcus Bingley um, for Michigan state's real long lengthy. Um, Joey Hauser is another key piece for Michigan State. I don't see them getting going too well. Joey Hauser just been kind of a disappointment when he got to Michigan State. Um, but I think you know those three guys, and I think I think you're right here. Um, although I will say, there is an insane, there is an insane amount of pressure, insane amount of pressure for Michigan State or for Duke going out on Coach K's last year, and they have a lot of young guys. I think they win this game. But I think it's barely, and I think playing out west ultimately, ultimately helps them out a lot because you know you're not playing back east with that fans, so pressure to win. And I think getting out west is going to be a blessing in disguise for the Blue Devils. I too have them advancing. Um, you know, Rutgers, Notre Dame, Texas Tech. That's going to be another interesting matchup in the region. Yeah. So I was going to say, moving on to the next one, you've got the best defensive team in the country in Texas Tech, according to Ken Palm, taking on. I think Notre Dame, you think Rutgers. Uh, does this 11 seed have what it takes to dethrone the best defensive team in the country? I, I don't think so. I think, um, especially if it's Notre Dame, I don't think they measure up. Um, they don't measure up nearly to Texas Tech, even if it's Alabama or I think Texas Tech, you know, kind of like I said before, you need those experienced, greedy defensive teams to win you games. And I think Texas Tech has that. And I think they're set up beautifully. This is a really tough region. It's a really top heavy region. Um, I don't see a lot of upsets or chaos ensuing in this region. If it is, it's going to be at the bottom of the bracket. But I like Texas Tech moving on to face Duke um, out west in, I believe, L.A. Awesome. Sweet. Moving right along. Like you said, well-anticipated matchup here. A couple of personalities, UConn versus Arkansas. Tell me what you like in this This one. This is the game of the first weekend. This is the game of the first weekend right here. You know, not only is it going to be a great game, but two – fantastic personalities getting together and it's going to be just so entertaining, but I think UConn pulls the upset over the hogs. Um, you know, JD note is great, but uh, UConn is incredibly efficient at locking down the perimeter. They did a pretty solid job for Colin against Colin Gillespie for the first 30 minutes. He came alive in that last 10 and ultimately took him down in the Big East title game. But I really love UConn. Um, you know, they're going to really need great play from Tyrese Martin, Isaiah Whaley. Um, they really need good play from them, but I think, you know, based on how physical they play, I think Jalen Williams gets into foul trouble early on. They rest him for the second. I think he's playing on eggshells the entire game, which is why UConn's going to win. I think they're just a little too physical for Arkansas, um, in their bigs, you know, if, if Jalen Williams goes into foul trouble, you're going to have to rely on bigs like, you know, former Cal big man, Connor Vanover. Maybe he'll pull the dreads out like he did at Cal. We'll see. <laughs> but I think I think UConn takes this one. They're just real physical and they play great defense. I think they're. Um, I think Dan Hurley's a great tournament coach. Got it. Awesome. 
And then uh, moving right along, we have Gonzaga, Boise State, a couple teams close to home. Uh, Jack, DC a one eight matchup. Yeah, kind of like I inferred earlier, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a really close battle, and I think Boise State has a small shot to pull off the upset against like, the Zags. But I think when you look at Gonzaga, just across the board, I just don't know who on Boise State's going to match up with him. It's a big task, you know. Tyler Degenhart, freshman from Mount Spokane High School, he's a uh, he's a, one of the bigs and one of the most efficient players for Boise State. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't see him being able to handle Drew Timmy. You know, I think that's just yeah. too much experience right there. So I think ultimately, I I, I think Gonzaga moves on uh, in a tough. I think it's gonna be a real competitive first half, but I think they I think they run a couple runs in the second half and pull away. Yeah, I agree. I think another name, obviously, we've mentioned a ton of guys at Gonzaga, but a guy who I think can get hot as a high energy player is Julian Strother. Yes, uh, almost a Husky. Uh, he is very good in a high energy player. All right. So moving on down, we've got in the uh, sweet 16 featured on the West side, we've got Gonzaga, UConn, Texas tech, Duke. Uh, since we went down and then back up, we'll go back down again. Gonzaga, UConn. Tell me who you like here. Yeah. I, you know, Gonzaga, they're going to get another really physical game out of the Huskies here. Um, I, I think Gonzaga, they have a really tough road. The committee gave them a tough path, um, not only to the Final Four, but to win it all. You know, you're just going to get team after team. It's going to be real tough. But I think Gonzaga, kind of like you said, I think Julian Strother is going to be a little too much for a, you know, UConn hasn't faced a team like Gonzaga all year with, you know, the Big East has a lot of great guards, but they haven't played a team. They beat, they did beat Auburn, though. They beat Auburn, who has two great forwards in Walker Kessel and Jabari Smith. They beat them. That was at home, though. I think, I think Gonzaga, though, squeaks by UConn. I think UConn keeps it close. They play everybody close. Um, it's going to be a tough one um, for Gonzaga. They got a really tough region here. Um, yeah. Is this kind of what you think too? Yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm high on the Zags. Um, obviously, that's not necessarily a heart play, but I do think they're a really solid team. I think that they have, um, I don't know, they have an experienced guard in Andrew Nembhard. They have a guy who can kind of light it up from beyond the perimeter and someone that's exciting uh, and high energy and Julian Strother uh, on top of that, drew Timmy, a bruiser back to the basket scorer. There's a lot of diversity on the team. Chet Holmgren, another X factor, extremely talented basketball player uh, can stretch it out to be on the perimeter, but he's also seven one plays good defense. I-, I think that Gonzaga has their work cut out for them, but I think it'll be really hard to sink that ship. So yeah, I have Gonzaga advancing. All right. Now the big game. Duke, Texas Tech. Does the Duke does the Duke fandom of Luke Munger succeed here to push an Elite Eight rematch with either way a rematch for uh for yeah. in it for you know whoever plays yeah. Vegas is gonna be the second time playing him? Yeah, I remember I recall Gonzaga lost my senior year of high school to Duke, I think in the Elite Eight, and then they lost in the final four to Texas Tech, if I remember correctly, uh my senior year of college. So um yeah. In my personal opinion, Jack, I'll allow you to elaborate a little more, but I like Texas Tech in this one as much as I want the Coach K story to end in a, you know, a, a memorable tournament run. I think the road might stop. Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think you're right. I think you right there. Kind of like we alluded to earlier with the pressure. So if you're picking your bracket, if you're listening and you're picking your bracket, you have to understand how much pressure goes through these kids' heads, especially young freshmen. Um, you know, you're not only playing for a legendary coach, but probably the best the best coach to ever coach a, 
college basketball and Coach K, you're playing his last games, and you know all the media attention that's going to be on this game if they reach this point is going to be too high, I think. And I don't think Duke, I don't see Duke advancing past this. Although if they play Gonzaga and they are the perp, they are a great matchup for Gonzaga. Um, I think both teams are, but um, I think I think Duke, I think the pressure is just too much, and I think ultimately this is where the Coach K journey ends in the Sweet Sixteen. I don't think they make it to the Elite Eight, and Texas Tech advances. Awesome. So we're in the Elite Eight. We've got Gonzaga, Texas Tech. Like you said, a rematch. High-powered offense versus excellent defense. Jack, how do you like this one? Yeah, so Gonzaga played played the Red Raiders earlier this year on a neutral site, um, and they beat them by uh, just about a dozen. You know, it was, a clo- it was closer than the score would say. Um, it was a really tight game. Mark Williamson got in foul trouble. Um, I think Gonzaga... I think Gonzaga, this is where I think could be their biggest test of the tournament. And I think personally that the young, the young, um, you know, you look at guys that are coming in off the bench, whether it be Nolan Hickman, Hunter Salis, um, Anton Watson can get streaky at times. Those three guys right there are X factors. I think, I think that, um, I think, I think I, I'm going to give the nod to Texas Tech. I think they pull an upset and I think they go to the final four. Um, you know, I'll make two brackets. I made one earlier with Gonzaga as a gut pick, but I think if you really study and, you know, it's hard to beat a good team twice, really hard to beat a good team twice. And I think, I think Texas Tech pulls upset for, for this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heading on over to the south, I think we can mark uh, Arizona as a win right here against yeah. uh, Wright State Bryant. I think, you know, there's – Arizona's too much, you know, although Kirk Risa is a crazy X factor. Then you go Seton Hall, TCU. Um, Luke, is there anyone you like here? I think it's going to be a tough battle either way. Yeah, this is 100% a heart play. I will let you know, but my younger sister is a senior at TCU. Uh, so when in doubt, I think I'm going to air with TCU – taking down uh, Seton Hall in this one. The Big 12, obviously a tough conference this year. Uh, I think one of the things that evidences that is Oklahoma is a team that was left out of the bracket in this tournament, although they finished 30th in Ken Palm. So it's a saturated bracket. I think that TCU's taken on, uh, they've played 11 ranked matchups, won five of them. Uh, so I think it's a battle-tested team. I'm pulling for the Frogs and my sister, Mace Dog. Hey, I, I, I feel it. I think Jared Roden, though, from Seton Hall is going to be a little too much for TCU. I got TCU going away at this one. UAB, Houston, I think this is an important matchup for your brackets. Kelvin Sampson's an obvious great coach in the bra- in the tournament. But there's one guy to know in the tournament. You know who it is, Luke? Tell me. Jelly Walker out of UAB, averaging 20 points a game. Jelly Walker is going to pull an upset for the, wow. for the Blazers. They're going to beat... Houston, Houston, they're missing their two best players in they they have their two best players out. They've been hurt since December. And I don't think the cakewalk of the American conference is going to hold up against jelly Walker wow. Blazers Blazers advance, pull the five, 12 upset Passionate. over Kelvin Sampson and Houston is uh is jelly Walker known for putting a little bit of jelly on his layups. 
Oh, I mean, at 5'10", how can he not be? At 5'10", <laughs> how can he not be? That's Jelly true. Walker going to carry the Blazers to a win, and they're going to be facing Illinois um, in that round of 32. I think Chattanooga is a great test. I think they're a great test. They play, I think they they match up really well against Illinois. But I don't think I think Illinois has got some frustration mounting from last year, getting 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 drowned by uh, Sister Jean. I think um, I think Illinois takes this one. You know they got a lot of great guard play, Trent Frazier, Andre Cavello. Um, but I think and I think Illinois gets a little bit of revenge. I think they get come out firing and beat Chattanooga. Looking when you down, mentioned, uh, really quick when you mentioned Illinois, Loyola Chicago last year. I think an unfailing rule is if you have a power conference team playing a smaller team in state, they're guaranteed to lose in the NCAA tournament. I think of Akron taking down Ohio state when I was in high school, Yep, yep. absolute classic right there. Loyal Chicago taking down Illinois. Those things like that are a guarantee in my book. Yeah, but go ahead. Moving on down past Illinois, Chattanooga, we have Michigan, Juwan or Juwan Howard coach team against Colorado state. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting game. And, you know, it's going to be a heavy pick for Michigan to win. I think, you know, just kind of on name and brand alone. Um, they've been playing a lot better lately. Uh, Colorado State, though, they got some dogs. The Mountain West, kind of like I said, you know, they're not to be messed with this year. Um, but ultimately, I don't know who's going to match up with Hunter Dickinson on Michigan. I think it's going to be a real close game. And I think Colorado State either runs away with it or they get beat. But I'm going to go with Michigan State winning this one. Or Michigan winning this one. Michigan. I agree with Tennessee. Tennessee's too hot. They are coming. I think they should have they got snubbed from a two seed. They just won the SEC tournament in dominant fashion. Mm-hmm. I think they um I think they beat Longwood. Um I, I Longwood gotta give a shout out though. First NCAA tournament appearance. They got a couple good guards there, but I think Tennessee, they're just so gritty and so hot. I think they win. Um, awesome. Yeah, I think another thing about Tennessee. One thing, I don't know, this is just a preference for myself, especially as a guy who maybe doesn't keep up as much with college basketball on the national scale as much. One of my favorite, like a couple of my favorite things for whatever in the tournament, one, playing defense, two, slow, controlled tempo, because the tournament is so out of control and the pressure is so, like, you know what I mean? It just felt. I feel like tournaments tend to produce low-scoring, ugly games, Teams that are used to playing in low-scoring affairs, I think generally uh, I tend to gravitate towards, which is another reason that I love Tennessee and agree that they are underrated as a three-seed. Uh, moving on down, we have a couple teams that we've already mentioned today, Ohio State and Loyola Chicago. Jack, how do you like this one going down? Yeah, well, first of all, we're going to mark Villanova um, ahead of Delaware. And they, they'll beat them. Um, Ohio State, Loyola Chicago. I have the Loyola Chicago blowing out Ohio State, <laughs> blowing them out. Running them off the floor. Sister Jean's going to use some Sister Jean magic and blow them off the floor. Ohio State, EJ Liddell, everybody knows that name. All-American candidate from Ohio State. Everyone's going to be latching onto that. You know, also, you know, but what people don't know, Kyle Young, their second best player out for the year. And outside of that, Ohio State's entire lineup just absolutely banged up. They are not, they are the unhealthiest team in the NCAA tournament. Maybe disregarding Houston with their two best players out for the season. Ohio State, I think, gets lo- loses, but I think the Loyola Chicago Magic ends against Villanova. I think their guard play from Colin Gillespie and Jay Wright just coaches it too well of a game. Um, yeah, I think they I move agree. on. Moving on ahead of that, like I said, I, I'm a big Tennessee fan. Yeah, I got that get snubbed. We got Tennessee over Michigan. Correct? They're, they're too hot. They're too hot right now. Yeah. Um, UAB is so hot right now. 
Yeah. It's a Zoolander reference. Good. <laughs> Jelly Walker. I don't think Jelly Walker has the magic to carry himself um, through Illinois. I think Illinois is a trendy pick um, to go far in this. I think I think Kofi Coburn takes care of UAB. I don't think they got the size. I think the Jelly Walker magic uh, goes out here, and I think they beat UAB. And I got Arizona also beating Seton Hall. And this is an interesting Final Four. You know, one. Also, you got to look at it like this. You know, it's hard to just predict. It's hard to predict the lead eight Final Four. But you know, when you look at individual matchups, I just don't see how these. You know, Seton Hall is going to give Arizona a good game. UAB will give Illinois a good game. I just don't personally see how each of those teams will beat uh, the higher seed. I guess Elite Eight here. Looking at the picture, um, Kirk Reese is the key for this game. If he's not healthy, you got to go Illinois. But I got Arizona beating Illinois. You know, Arizona, we don't we haven't talked about them much yet. They are the biggest team in college basketball and they most they are the most appealing team to watch in college basketball. Christian Coloco, a their their big man, can defend anywhere on the floor. He's the defensive player of the year in the Pac 12, most improved as well. Ben Matherin, lottery pick. They're great. They're great. I think it, their health relies on Kirk Risa and they go with Kirk Risa with their health. But I think if he's healthy, they are going a long way. And then same thing with Tennessee. I think they're a little too hot. I think they counter. Ziegler is a good guard for Tennessee. Great defensive guard. Um, and I think they counter Colin Gillespie here. I think Colin Gillespie doesn't have enough to take down Tennessee. And Scott Barnes. Scott Barnes ultimately gets over that. that, that Colin Gillespie entering his 35th year at Villanova. Mitch Lundquist then entering his like 50th year for Kansas. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I got Arizona going to the Final Four here. What about you, Luke? Yeah, I've got Arizona going to the Final Four as well. Like you said, I think they're just, I mean, top to bottom, a phenomenal team. Like I mentioned with Gonzaga, like it's hard to really pick kind of, I guess, uh, like any qualms or problems with this Arizona basketball team. You've already mentioned Christian Coloco, Benedict Matherin, of course, Kirk Creesa. Uh, another guy, I mean, with teams that are so good, you can't mention them all. Mike Butcher's name, Brazilis Tubalis, am I saying that right? Bellis. Tubelis, yeah, he's also nasty. You know what I mean? No more bio at the bench is a great big. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you've got a 6'11 guy in him, and then you've got Umar Balo, a transfer from Gonzaga, played with Tommy Lloyd there when Tommy Lloyd was an assistant coach for uh um why am I blanking? Mark Few. Another thing uh to think about also there is uh although it's his first year as a head coach, uh Tommy Lloyd's coached in millions of these games. So I oh, think that exactly. he's ready to to get his guys rear into to win some basketball games. I, I'm with you there. Okay. Moving on to the East bracket, it's let's just pencil in Baylor and Kentucky. Um, to go to the round of 32, you know, obviously 15 teams, you know, they can upset, but I just don't see it happening. Um, kind of looking through, you know, we're going to, we have, we're on a little bit of a time crunch here, so we're going to have to move through, not get as in depth here. Um, I think North Carolina, I'm just going to say it right now. They not only beat Marquette, but they beat Baylor. Wow. I think, I think Jonathan Chama Chachua, he's their big strength guy out for the season for Baylor. And I don't think anybody in Baylor is going to be able to match up with Armando Baycott. Um, so I think they get in foul trouble and I don't think LJ Cryer is going to be healthy enough to give them the production they need. And it's sad because Baylor, a fantastic team all season long. They just had, they just got hit with the injury bug at the wrong time. Um, uh, and then kind of moving down to, you know, St. Mary's, I think St. Mary's beats them if it's Wyoming, but if Indiana and Trace Jackson get there, watch out. This is a team that could go. This is a team that could go far. Trace Jackson at 6'8 is a matchup nightmare. Um, he was He's one of the best scorers in the nation. 
Um, and they've been getting extremely good point guard play um, out of their point guard right now. I'm trying to fi- got to find his name. Out of the- Xavier Thompson, their point guard. They've been getting extremely good play out of him since they've moved into point guard as a true point guard. He's been playing well. I'm going to go with the 12-5 upset right now and say it's Indiana. But I do think they beat Wyoming. And then, but if, if Wyoming does win, I think St. Mary's uh, takes them out there. And then UCLA, I think they're scoring um, in their defensive greediness. And Mick Cronin in the tournament is just too good um, right there. Um, and I think they win. What about what do you what do you think so far about some other games? I think I also think Virginia Tech beats Texas. I'm writing off Texas completely. Do not have them winning. Yeah. Virginia I was Tech gonna say Texas is a team that I'm not buying in on. UCLA, I like them to win <laughs> against Akron. However, I'm not super uh, I don't know. I've never really like UCLA last year obviously made it a fantastic run. On the offensive end, I, I just don't buy into their game-to-game sustainability of the way that they play offense. You know, I think there's a lot of one-on-one ball. Uh, sometimes some circus shots fall for them. I'm not necessarily bought in on uh, UCLA, re- re- I guess, repeating its magic. And I can see them exiting as soon as the, the round of 32. Yeah. I mean, they got to, they'd have a tough matchup against Indiana or Wyoming or whoever there. Um, uh, next up... Um, yeah, I, I like Virginia Tech too. I like Purdue getting by Yale. I think Yale's a tough matchup. Don't overlook them, but I like Purdue getting away uh, from it. And I like them ultimately. Um, I like Virginia Tech actually beating Purdue as well. Virginia Tech shoots the ball extremely well. Purdue has been awful defensively. They are top 20 last year. have been awful this year. Um, and I don't think they'll be able to win. Um, then you got Kentucky. I think they. I think Murray State, the Racers, get a game against San Francisco. Um Sanford, I think Murray State, they, they're on a mission, but I, but I think it, I think Kentucky's just too physical for them. Um, so like you said, you don't like UCLA coming out of that um, at all? Uh, I personally don't, but I, I, you might you might disagree with me, it sounds like. Yeah, I like I like UCLA. I think if Johnny Zuzang's healthy, they haven't been healthy all they haven't been healthy for a long time. And I think, you know, we're they, they started to pick those paces pieces up again in the Pac-12 championship game against Arizona. And I think that loss is going to motivate them. Um, and I think they're going to be able to, I think they got a good matchup in favor of, I think Hamai Hawkins is playing ridiculous. Um, so I think, I think they, I, I have them in the elite eight and I have Kentucky going to the final four in the region. Yeah. I agree with Kentucky going to the final four. So you have UCLA beating uh, Indiana and then you have them beating North Carolina. It sounds like, is that correct? I do. Got it. Awesome. Sweet. So then we've wrapped up the East. We're going to head on over to the Midwest. The craziest uh, region. Yeah, Creighton's region. Let's go. Tell me no, a little bit about that. Crazy, crazy. Like, this is a psychotic region. Oh, yeah. No, it is an absolutely bonkers region. One of my coworkers is a KU alum. He's kind of stressing this one out a little bit. Oh, uh, I think the I think the only path that Kansas has is they have one team, I think, um, that they have to play against in order to go to the final four and I think that's Iowa whoever wins between Kansas and Iowa is going to the final four but Keegan Murray hottest player in the country averaged 28 points a game again in the big big 10 tournament and won it for the Hawkeyes and you know people are like oh what look at big look at them last year you know they were they got ran out of the building by USC um here's the thing though they run they can run this year they you know Luca Garza they had another big Joe Weisskamp those guys ran with cinder blocks attached to their ankles. They don't have that anymore. <laughs> they can run and they can defend and they can shoot the ball. They are extremely hot right now. I have them meeting Kansas in the Elite Eight, but but 
South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. The Jackrabbits are the second best offensive team in the country, Luke. Second best wow. offensive team in the country. They shoot the lights out. They shoot the three ball 45%. So they can light it up. And Providence, you know what happened to them recently, Luke? What? Got blown out by Creighton in the Big East tournament by 30. The Jackrabbits. And you know the last team to beat the Jackrabbits? Who? The Washington Huskies. I think the – I had to throw it in there. But the Jackrabbits – Meet up against Iowa, two of the hottest teams in the nation. I think Iowa, though, with the talent and Fran McCaffrey coaching, I think they, I think they advance to the lead it. Now looking down here, so if you, if you, uh, if you're looking down here, you know you're like, wow, who do you advance? Who do you advance? Um, Sorry, of, of which which game? My apologies. Um, of uh, in the, uh, out of this little gauntlet here of the of the last of those. Oh yeah, games. LSU, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Colgate, USC, Miami. Auburn and Jacksonville State. Is there anyone that you like? Because I'll give my take after this. But. Gosh, you know that's a good question. I'm a I, I, I'm kind of drawn to Wisconsin this year. Um, who, who's who's your team? Tell me. Yeah, I like Wisconsin too. You know, I think every single team, every single team here outside of Colgate who might not have the talent, and Jacksonville State as well without the talent. Yeah, every single team is limping into the tournament. Absolutely limping. In. Yeah. Um, LSU just fired their head coach. Will Wade gone. You know, Bagman Will Wade out of there. Um, I think LSU, I don't think they have much to play for right now. You know, your head coach just got fired for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, I don't, and they're just so extremely streaky since January. Um, they've been awful. I think Iowa state, Isaiah Brockington is a great transfer out of Penn state. He's fantastic for, for the Cyclones. I think he carries them to a, uh, to a win. And I think they'll meet Wisconsin, but Wisconsin will take their talents to the elite eight. Yeah. And then, and well, they will play the winner of Auburn. And I think, this is an interesting game. This is an interesting game to pick. If you think this game is going to be close, go with Miami because USC is the worst foul shooting team in the nation. Dude, USC, also, I will say, one thing I was going to comment on, speaking of limping into the tournament, USC is not a team I have a ton of confidence in. Um, I mean, I think they, they almost folded under pressure against the Huskies. Uh, I think about they couldn't get the ball across half court for the final minute of the game. It doesn't that sequence for USC didn't scream gritty team that finds a way to get it done. If you ask me, and you know, if you think they're going to blow them out, then pick them because Miami is the worst, one of the worst rebounding teams in the country. USC is one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They have four guys at their starting lineup standing over six nine, so they are extremely tall and lengthy, and they'll get boards. But I think it's going to be a close game, like every other NCAA tournament, um, because and I think Miami's going to win. And I think Miami ultimately pulls the upset on Auburn as well. Auburn is absolutely garbage lately. They've been three and three in their last six, and they've been really close. And they've all played really close games. But I, I think ultimately the guard play of Katie Johnson is just so suspect right now. In the tournament, SEC tournament, Katie Johnson shot 0 for 15 in their in the game they lost. 0 for 15. And that's what you got to rely on. And I don't think that carries over to the tournament. They'll squeak by Jacksonville State. I think it's going to be a close game. Miami, though, takes out Auburn, where Miami, though, will ultimately see their Cinderella run end um, in the Elite Eight to Wisconsin, where they will get a Big Ten showdown with Iowa. Wow. Iowa will beat – I think they're too hot right now against the Jayhawks. The Jayhawks are a little too hit and miss. They've been playing a lot of close games. I think Keegan Murray – I think he's going to be the player of the March Madness tournament, in my opinion. So they'll play Wisconsin in the final – or in the Elite Eight, 
where you'll get a um, why can't I think of the guy's name from Wisconsin? Trice or Trace Trace Jackson. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's a guy from India. Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. I don't know why I didn't. That is horrible. But you're gonna get a Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, two of the most electric players. You're gonna get that matchup in the Elite Eight. I think we're ultimately Fran McCaffrey in Iowa go to the Final Four to play the Wildcats. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Yeah, okay, so we got Wildcats. We got Iowa. Or Sorry, did I say Iowa or Wisconsin? My apologies. I totally blanked. Yeah, so you got Iowa. So our final four right now, if you're looking back, Gonzaga not making the final four, Texas Tech. I think, though, if Gonzaga uh, – man, that, that Gonzaga, though, I think if they win that game against Texas Tech, they're going to the championship, and I think you'll get a rematch between Arizona. I think Arizona beats Iowa. I think I think Ben Matherin's too much, and their defense and length is a little too much for Iowa in the final four. I think their Cinderella run uh, ends there, and Arizona goes to the championship where I think they'll play Ken- the Kentucky Wildcats. Wow, so you've got a Cats – Cats final. It's a Cats Cats final with the Pac-12 Arizona Wildcats getting the first ti- or getting the title under Tommy Lloyd in his first year. Wow! So you're telling me Sean Miller has been the only thing standing in between Arizona and a title this whole time? I could be it. <laughs> it could be it. Sean Miller owned up to it basically on a podcast today. <laughs> Did he? What did he say? Well, basically, you saw how they, you know. Once I got out, of, he's just basically like, well, I'm out of there. And then these guys, yeah. you know, Tommy Luke came in and brought a couple of good guys, brought the piece together, bling, you know, kind of, kind of, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe with the cloud of the FBI not hanging over the program, they might have a chance to win the whole thing. Right. Um, but sweet. Yeah. Bracketology, dogmanology. Uh, Jack, thank you for imparting your wisdom. I guess I hit a lot of that. Is there any population? last, I guess, any last notes or any last, you know, tips, teams you, you know, might see? I guess I kind of dominated, might have dominated. No, no, that's good. You have a lot more knowledge in this space than I do. I would just say in the tournament for me, like I said, I I would just say consistency. If you're just kind of like me and maybe throwing some darts, find a couple stats that you think win games in the tournament, whether that's tempo, defense, scoring, find teams that fit that mold and then allow them to advance. Jack, anything quickly from you? Yeah, I think that's it. And I think you got to look at seniority. I think teams with senior leadership mm-hmm. um, are going to mm-hmm. go pretty far. And I think that's why I have Arizona winning it all. They got a great balance of that as well as natural talent. I just don't know. I, I could, I just don't know. You know, Illinois and Tennessee are their two biggest tests. I think once they get past that, I think it's home free. And the health Kirk Reese too is. I'm, I'm banking on Kirk Reese being healthy. Yeah. If he's not healthy, they're not going to win. So whatever sure. your opinion on that is. Take it for B, but I think he's too gritty to not let them to not, you know, I think they're too gritty of a team. So, I agree. That's a nightmare for any team, I think. Yeah. Well, great. Jack, thank you again for imparting some wisdom here. Uh, Husky season's over for basketball, but dogman.com still got plenty of recruiting for both sports. It should be an exciting couple of months coming up. Um, so keep it at dogman.com and, of course, go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.